Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they are seeing, hearing, on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ryan Ostrom. He's the Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President at Jack and Box. Uh, they are a well-known 2200 location uh, QSR restaurant, primarily on the West Coast. Uh, I think 21 different states, correct, Ryan? Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Excellent. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. So uh, first off, we'd like to start these interviews with a little bit of uh, you know, fun information. I'd like to know a little bit more about who we're talking with. Uh, so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, you rolled the Jack in a box, uh, Jack in the box, and maybe uh, kind of a little bit about your history and maybe even a fun fact. Do you like to parachute? Uh, do you have kids that are into extreme skiing? Uh, you know, what's a fun fact? All right. Perfect. Well, a little bit about myself. So I've, I've one of those CMOs or marketing that have been in digital for 20 years, you know, kind of worked my way from Reebok days over to Sears, where um, I was fortunate to help run one of the oldest loyalty programs, the Craftsman Club. So I uh, was helped kind of develop that and kind of run that, uh, modernize that, jumped over into uh, Yum Brands for a little bit. And then um, previous to Jack in the Box, I was at GNC. And, and GNC is a huge loyalty kind of platform where, you know, 80% of their sales are actually done through the loyalty program. So a huge kind of loyal base. And and now I'm over, only been at Jack in the Box for about six months and just thrilled to be here. I uh, love this brand, grew up on this brand um, all the way through uh, high school and college. And uh, a little fun fact about me, at one point in my life, I thought I was going to be a country songwriter. So I was oh, wow. at Aspirations. I wrote country music. I played in bars and uh, now I sell chicken sandwiches, tacos and burgers. So obviously I wasn't that good at it. All right. Who's, who's your favorite country musician? Still Tim McGraw. Uh, you know, all right. that's it. Well, you're going to get nicked a little bit for that, but that's all right. He's, he's okay, I guess. If you like old school country, he's not Jason Aldean, but, uh, you know, that's all right. Oh, yeah. I wrote country music a long time ago, so I've, yeah. I've, uh, I have to go back back a ways to my favorite. So That's good. Do you, do you have any songs out there that we may know? No. Like no. I said, I currently am a marketer. So uh. <laughs> Right, good. All right, perfect. Um, and for those who may not be familiar with Jack in the Box, can you give us a short history of the organization and all that you offer? Yeah, yeah. Jack in the Box is uh, over 70 years old, um, grew up in San Diego um, and kind of spread to 21 states. We're kind of like the jack of all trades. We, we offer uh, chicken, uh, tacos, burgers. We are actually uh, some of the first to roll out drive through. We were the first to bring out the breakfast sandwich in QSR. Okay. We we're the first to bring out a QSR salad. So um, a lot of innovation, heritage, and and first for the Jack brand over 70 years. Okay, great. Well, that's awesome. That's a great uh, bit of that history there for sure about Jack in the Box. I didn't know that you guys were uh, all those first. That's great to hear. So the Jack Pack uh, is the new Jack in the Box loyalty program. Can you tell us a little bit about the program, uh, kind of the work that went into it, and, and what your expectations for uh, the program are? Yeah, I think, you know, you look at QSR as a trend now is is a lot of brands rolling out loyalty programs. And I, I think the key is, is historically, 
uh, QSR has been a cash business, and but the importance of data and information and knowing your customers is the key of why you start seeing these loyalty programs kind of pop up a little bit. And especially with the pandemic shifting to digital payments, it's now even enhanced the importance of a loyalty program. More people on mobile, more people using digital channels. And so as we look at this, our, our goal is to really start building a relationship with our core customers, starting to build that one-to-one relationship, personalization, and it's a slow roll. I and mean, we just rolled out our loyalty program in April, and uh, we're just on the, the cusp of kind of enhancing and growing that um, currently. Okay. So you talked about the importance of data. Uh, you know, and I were talking a little bit before this. Uh, you had a mobile app before, but it seems like you've had some great adoption uh, with the mobile app. Uh, hopefully, a lot of that's attributable to the uh, the customer loyalty uh, piece of it. But it sounds like it's grown about sixty percent in the last eighteen months. You know, what seems to be working to get those amazing results? Yeah, I think you know six the sixty percent. You know, a pandemic did help quite a bit for some of that is mainly a lot of people starting to go digital, but uh, we've also rolled out the loyalty program. And, and I think the loyalty program was really enhanced because we've taken some of our best offers. So one thing we are known for is our 99 cent talk to taco deal. And that has been the history of Jack in the box across those, you know, you know, I'd say 76, maybe 60 of those years we had tacos and um, you know, it used to be 99 cents all the time. And so now on our app, that, that is what we offer. And so it's really kind of driven our loyalty customers to really acquire, adopt and, and sign up for the program is because it's one way to get that historic offer all the time. Okay. And but also, I think you just have the ease and convenience of mobile ordering today has, has helped drive that program as well. Um, we've seen a significant growth, growth in our digital business, and it hasn't fallen off. I think the customer uh, has changed. They're okay now buying QSR, QSR plus food and getting it delivered uh, to their house. And it's just a different form of convenience that is that pan- pandemic has really drove adoption. Absolutely. Um, when you look at uh, your customer loyalty program, I know you're in your infancy, been around for four or five months now. If you go back to April, you know what's working. What do you feel is working with your loyalty program? What are two or three examples you think that are, are working well for you? You know, our, our, our one I just mentioned, which is kind of some of the exclusive offers and, and bringing some of our iconic deals to place. I think the other one is, you know, we do have the acquisition model where your first order is 25% off. So we're really acquiring customers right off the bat. And I think where we're starting to go will really kind of be beneficial. Um, We really believe in the experiential um, experience of loyalty. And you think about the pandemic and a lot of people being kind of uh, locked up for a while. So we're starting to kind of roll out these experiences moving forward. And and our first one is really kind of coming up soon in October where we are rolling out, uh, bringing back one of our iconic products uh, for Halloween. And uh, in that, we are inviting some of our best loyalty customers that were early adopters and, and key users to this event to kind of experience the brand, even hang out with us, but also get to meet Jack. And, um, you know, if you don't know Jack in a Box, Jack himself is an icon. Um, he's uh, uh, a little bit edgy. Um, uh, you know, it's something if you don't know, you should Google historic of the ads. And so being able to meet him and kind of see the icon of the brand is, is amazing. That's awesome. So, Great. Well, uh, it sounds like a very unique opportunity. I would love to meet Jack as well. So maybe I'll have the opportunity to do that at some point. Um, When you look at customer loyalty, one of the things we like to do is get an understanding how uh, brands define customer loyalty from a a, qualitative perspective. What does customer loyalty mean to you and your organization? 
You know, for, for me, loyalty, customer loyalty to me is all about understanding the customer and then trying to change their behaviors and, and either enhance them or grow them. That's the whole point here is just understanding the customer. There's a lot of data we get of what do our best customers buy? What do they like? What times of day do they, they mainly eat at? And how do we come up with offers and in and, and certain kind of uh, push notifications or communications that kind of change that behavior, enhance that behavior, trade up that behavior? And so it's always about leveraging it um, for good. And, and I think, you know, I think that's a big thing in QSR. We talked about that traditionally it's been a cash business. There hasn't been a lot of customer data in this business. And so just even understanding what day parts do our best customers shop at? Um, you know, do they get coffee in the morning? Is there an opportunity to expand that and market that? And so there's a lot of things that we like to learn and understand about our core. And that's really the basis of loyalty. Um, and, and we know we're, you know, loyalty for us, we know it's going to be about 10 to 25% of our business will be loyalty customers, um, just for the nature of our business. We know there's other QSRs that have higher percentages, and, but we know where it kind of will live with us as we move forward. So. Okay, great. Um, there's a big push to move beyond just, uh, transactions. You know, how are you looking at uh, your customer loyalty program, customer experience strategies to be more than just uh, transactionally based, especially, uh, you know, if you get that 10 to 15%, you know, how are you looking to engage them? Yeah. And I think this is, you know, we have a, a long way. We have, an, we have a strong iconic brand. Uh, we just had conversations of what does, um, you know, turning these loyalty customers into brand ambassadors and just being part of the brand. And so we look at apparel and um, certain giveaways and certain things that we can give away that people can live and breathe the brand. I think what makes us different from a lot of brands is we are a little, we're, we're a little odd. If, if you haven't been exposed to Jack in a Box, we are, we are the late night brand. We are, you know, this, we are the brand that people go to after a great night. And, and so we want to kind of bring some of those experiences of life through our program. And like I said, we're going to really focus on who we are as a brand, our DNA, and kind of bring those experiential moments to life with our loyalty customers to really kind of reinforce that relationship. Because I think that's when you said beyond transaction, I think a lot of people see loyalty as a one-way transaction. It can't be. It has to be a two-way relationship between the brand and the consumer. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we hear say from our members, we have a small sided meetings with them usually once a week on different topics. Tomorrow, we actually have one on kind of emerging technologies, but the, the technologies can be a huge opportunity. They can be challenging too to get them to work together, to get the personalization at scale, to being able to you know personally identify a person across different channels. You know, what do you think the most significant challenge you have with regard to technology or, or brands maybe having, and how are you addressing that? Yeah, I think I think you kind of just hit the nail on the head. I think it's because you have so many different channels today between you know the mobile user, the drive-through user, the in-store user. How do we start connecting those dots? and provide the right message to the right customer and the right offer at that point of hunger. I mean, at the end of the day, if the customer is going to shop anyways, I, I don't want to give them free money and, and, and free offers, but it's really about changing that behavior, getting them in one more time, building that relationship. And so that's really the challenge for us. And I think the other thing, since we are in the infancy, and you know, I've, I've been, as I mentioned before, part of some loyalty programs that are really sophisticated like GNC and Craftsman Club, it's, it's really about changing from getting to that one-to-one. -one. I, I think right now we're on one-to-many, then you get the one-to-some, and then you start getting the one-to-one, -one, and it's that transaction to really understanding what's the right offer to the right person at the right time. And I think that's going to be the next challenge for us is, is it's not only bringing, I would say, the technology along, but in QSR, it's about bringing the franchisees along. It's about bringing yeah. the internal organization along. 
because in this space, loyalty hasn't been around for 20 years. And so it's about educating all the key stakeholders within the business. And I think that's one of the bigger challenges we probably have moving forward. Yeah, and it's interesting that 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 was a discussion we had recently too, just around emotional loyalty and and uh, in QSR, some franchises, hotels as well, fuel as well. This kind of the transitory nature potentially of that frontline employee can be a big challenge. So getting the person to raise their hand, getting them to, to be informed uh, around a customer loyalty program, I know, you know that's a huge area of interest. And in, in how much do you share with that frontline employee? And you know, and is it just through the onboarding? You know, what's working, what's not working? It, it, you know, that's a big challenge, and it's great to hear that that, that you're cognizant of that, and obviously you're going to work to address it. So it's great to hear. Yeah, and I agree. I agree fully. I think I see the evolution of loyalty programs of how do you get it at POS and allow the frontline employees to use it effectively and make it a, a tool to build that emotional relationship versus just a transaction and really kind of understand who the guest is. And I think that's the evolution of our business. And that that is something that's going to come um, as we continue to expand. Absolutely. Uh, personalization is another hot topic, as you know, uh, getting technology to enable that, doing it scales. You mentioned you go from one to some to one to uh, a few to one to one. Um, you know, what do you see as a challenge and opportunity around personalization? You know, sometimes it's to me, I've, I've seen it go wrong where you've tried too hard um, to personalize too much. And, and I think some of this is, is what is the crawl before you run and really making sure you have the right offer to the right people. And that's, that's why you don't want to jump into the one-to-one all, all at one time. It's, it's about really understanding what offers work and what don't work. You know, in our business, what makes us a little interesting, I said this, is, a, is our breath. And, and our brand, what is, makes us distinctive, we sell tacos. We are a big seller of tacos. We also sell burgers. We also sell chicken. I have egg rolls on my menu panel. Um, I have tiny tacos. I have milkshakes. We are the hodgepodge of of everything you would want in life. And so understanding what is that key trigger is going to be important for us. And what is that thing saying? I'm craving a shake today. I'm craving a taco today. Um, You know, that's what makes us us. And I think it's really about using that personalization in that way. It is going to be a challenge, but also a fun adventure as we continue this ride. Okay, great. Partnerships, uh, another area we see a great deal of interest in from uh, our, our members uh, brands that we speak with, you know, how are you looking at uh, partnerships? Has, has it been something you traditionally focused on? Uh, and, and if so, uh, how do you see it going forward? I guess I, 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 if you want to elaborate which type of partners, because that's a, a yeah, good point. So there's obviously, yeah, the technology <laughs> partners. So obviously yep. those are very important as, uh, as well, but more from a brand perspective, right? Yep. You know, CDP and GDPR and CCPA and CDPA in Virginia, and there's some technology uh, kind of challenges, you know, with regard to how you can identify and, but, you know, getting a, not necessarily a coalition program together, but maybe there's a way to do a partnership at a short-term uh, group with a hotel potentially, or with yep. a, uh, you know, a C-store or a few entity, you know, how, how do you look at partnerships in that regard? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really about our pillars. You know, the other thing about us is late nights. So we will look for the partner with late night brands. So other brands in there that might own late nights and how we provide some offers um, and, and kind of collaboration with brands like that. I think we are also are 24 hours. And so, um, you know, it's all about how do we satisfy our customer needs through the right partnerships. And so we are looking very open to cross partnerships. And we're also, you know, I think there's also the, you know, unique kind of marketing partnerships. You know, we just, we did uh, the T-Mobile deal partnership. We just did that yesterday, actually. So you kind of do a unique offer on T-Mobile. 
and uh, their deals and, you know, did really well for us, acquired a lot of customers. And so it's always just thinking about um, what are those right things that align with our pillars and who we are as a brand and then how we kind of, uh, you know, it's a give and take for both partners. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned uh, kind of data analytics and what are some of the challenges you face with creating data uh, and actionability around uh, those, those different data points? I think you just said the key thing, make data actionable. I think when you look in our world, I think, you know, we're capturing a lot of data and now it's like, what is the data that actually is actionable and how do we yep. put it in a way that we can use it effectively? And, and you know, I think um, you can have data overload. You can overlook at things. You can get too much data and not make decisions. And so it's really about making it actionable, accessible by the right people as well. I think in our business, we're also in the process of not only you know, expanding our loyalty program, but it's all the features and functionalities and support tools that were behind it that we have to upgrade. So even our data infrastructure is something that we're really looking into and uh, redoing our tech stack to make it easy for the people at the desk out here can actually access the data and use it um, and and not make it a an all day process. Absolutely right. I think one of the things that we continue to hear is, you know, you want to enable those front lines to do what their focus should be, what their passion is, right? They're, they want to run the restaurants. They want to make sure that people have the best eyeglasses. They want to make sure that uh, whatever you know, industry they're in, that they can excel at that. Uh, and getting into the data, and, uh, it can be a huge challenge, but you know, having the right dashboards that it can enable the right information at the right time is very important to them. And especially at that franchisee level, as you mentioned as well, you not only have to sell them in, but you have to continue to show the value of that too, because a lot of times they're more focused on the operation piece. And if you can bring the value of the loyalty program and how it's going to help them, you know, that, 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 that truly helps that buy-in as well, as you know. Yep. It's getting at those insights and that's, that's the key is, and then getting those insights in the right people's hands to make decisions. Absolutely. And I think that, that's the key thing about all the data we're looking at in, in, in relationships we're trying to build with our guests. And we're, we're just on that forefront. I mean, we're, we're starting to share some of the information out to franchisees and we're, it's really eye opening to say even the difference between stores and locations of who shops and who, who purchases what, where. So. Absolutely. So when you look at, customers. They are definitely changing. You talked about earlier, just being able to have those who come to quick service restaurants who engage in delivery services or engage in a digital app just may not have been something that, that people would have thought of before the pandemic. You know, How do you think customers are changing generally in the QSR industry and, and how are you adopting to that change? Yeah, and I think you know we have a we have a marketing theory here is about making the brand more crave, and, and everything we do has that kind of acronym to it. And that means you know being cultural, being relevant, being authentic to who we are, um, being visible to the customer, um, ease, making everything easy, and then finally distinctive. And everything we do from a marketing standpoint, even our loyalty program, and I think what's changing with the customer is that ease component has changed and shifted. It used to be drive-through. And, and, you know, even when I was uh, in my previous career or previous company, it used to be like, Hey, this, we have drive-throughs. It's easy. Like that's easy. Why would anybody want a thing to deliver? And now it's more about what else can they do when they wait the 30 minutes for their food to come. And, and that, that is a time that they can't get back. So easy for them is just picking up the phone and ordering. Um, Easy for them is, getting the right offer at the right time. And there's these expectations that other brands like Amazon and, and, you know, those types of uh, systems and solutions and brands have really kind of said in the customer's head, this is what I expect. And I think that's now transferring over to QSR, which wasn't in the past. Um, And so that's, 
that's what I, you know, look at what's kind of changing is that expectation of, you know, me, you know what I want and you make it as easy as possible to get your food. So Absolutely. Um, what KPIs do you and your team look at with regard to your customer loyalty, customer experience effort? What, what metrics are most important to you? You know, our, ours is, it is about frequency. It's about average order value. Um, and, and so are we increasing the frequency? Are we increasing the ticket? It is a lot data driven. Um, it's right now though, cause we're at the start too, it's about acquiring and, and it's about, you know, really, are we acquiring, uh, the, the right customers at the right time, making it easy for them to use, um, and also redemption. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to just acquire customers and have a low there. They're actually redeem, redeeming those points. And, and then how is that um, driving value for you know, that one more visit? Or are they satisfied when they are redeeming for what they're getting? So we're monitoring. You know, we kind of, you know, with a lot of brands out there have gone and tested, learned, and done things. And we kind of did a little opposite. And we kind of rolled this out for force on digital. And now we're kind of adjusting and adopting as we go, especially as we go to roll this out in store in the next few months. Absolutely. When you look at the next big thing for customer loyalty, what's, what's the next big thing for, for you and your team? You know, I think it is going to be, I kind of talked about this, it's about that experiment, experiential piece. And because our brand is all about late night, our brand is about certain experiences. It's, it's trying to make it beyond just that transaction because you want to have that emotional connection to the brand. These are your best customers. You want to give them something different that they can't get anywhere else. Um, and so really, how do they connect? How do they engage? How do they want to be ambassadors for this brand? How do they want to be excited about being part of this program? Because we all know we're all part of like six or seven loyalty programs. Um, and so some are just transactional, some you really care about. and You really want to get on that emotional piece and, and be part of that that's cared about. And we think we have the capability with who our brand is and relationships we have. Um, we're going to push the envelope of, of, of what I think our loyalty members can experience through our brand. Okay, great. When you look at uh, your brand vis-a-vis the competitive set, uh, obviously the competitive set is changing as well. Um, you know, uh, Kroger's, uh, the, uh, you know, Albertsons, King Supers, they're obviously having more uh, delivery options that could uh, potentially get into that convenience arena, which is you're playing more and more in. You know, how do you think your brand is different than the competitors? And did you see similar efforts uh, from the competitor set? Or do you, you know, hope and think that your, uh, your kind of platform, your approach is different? You know, I think everyone would like to say where approach is different, but uh, at the end of the day, we all use very similar platforms. So um, for us, I think what makes us a little different is our late night capability. I think that's what we're really going to lean into. And so when a lot of restaurants and a lot of our competitors in the food space are closed, um, people are hungry. People get hungry after 10 o'clock at night. People get hungry at two in the morning. Um, Right now, that used to be the option was pizza. And, you know, and, and right now with our assortment between, you know, tacos and chicken and burgers, we can actually satisfy a pretty wide range of, of a group with a meal. And so we're really kind of driving that home. We're open 24 hours in a lot of our locations. And um, that's one of our, our benefits. And it, it helped us during the pandemic too. We saw a strong business during the pandemic because of that variety but because of who we are as a brand and, and our ability to satisfy that craving that the customers have at all time during the day. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, last question I have for you, you know, what can loyalty 360 do for you and your team to help you with your customer loyalty journey? You know, I think it's all about education. I think, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this is, is loyalty is fairly new in the QSR space. Um, so it's about educating what's best practices, what's working in other organizations 
Um, we're also hiring a head of uh, loyalty, by the way. So uh, we have a new role open. Um, and so, you know, we're very um, excited about what loyalty can do in QSR. And it's about um, how 360 loyalty can help kind of educate and bring not only the team, but also the franchisees along in the journey. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's great. I think there, there's definitely a growing interest. I think we, we would love to get you involved uh, more actively uh, in the association. We have a, a pretty cool team that, uh, you know, shares. I think that's what's really interesting about where we are in the customer loyalty journey. I think uh, two years ago, uh, you couldn't get three or four or five QSRs on a, a call to talk about what they may be doing, right? And not that they share everything right now, but there's definitely an openness to share because of the realization that if you give, you're going to get something back as well. So uh, it, it's quite interesting. Yep, definitely. And it, it's it's also, I think it's a learning space for the entire industry, especially the digital journey. And I think you're going to see a lot more traditional retailers slide in the QSR space. I know a lot of my colleagues have shifted from traditional retail into QSR and it's about kind of, you know, moving this journey along in the QSR space to be more digital, be more personalized. And it, it, it it's, a, it's a fun journey to be on. And so excited to uh, share and talk uh, whenever that's possible. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ryan, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was great to hear about uh, you and also more importantly, what Jack and Bots, Jack and the Bots is doing uh, in regard to their customer loyalty approach, how they're, you know, looking at their customers and you know, the passion you have for your position, but, you know, for the you know, the uniqueness of your customers and, and how you are you know, looking to bring as much value to them. It was great to hear. So thank you for the time uh, today. Excellent. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the week. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please join us back again soon for another edition of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. Thanks again.